There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, this is Dr. Christopher Perrin, and welcome to another Cafe Scully podcast in which we seek to bring restful, contemplative learning back to our schools, homeschools, and lives. That is to say, to bring Scole back to school. If you tuned in last time, you heard me interacting with A.G. Sertolange, the Dominican writer who wrote the book The Intellectual Life, Its Spirit, Conditions, Methods. It's a tremendous book about restful learning, or Scole in its own way. You might think when you hear a title like The Intellectual Life that it would be a highbrow, sophisticated, academic kind of book. Well, it has some elements of being sophisticated, but it's really a book for anyone who wants to be educated or live a life of the mind. It's not just for monks or professional academics. It's, um, in my view, tapping into the long tradition of what it means to pursue truth and to know that which is true, and we might add the good and the beautiful, it particularly engages the writing and thought of Thomas Aquinas. So we have a Dominican monk who's in the, in the tradition of Aquinas. Aquinas was a Dominican himself. We have uh, a, a monk writing around 1950 and thinking deeply about Aquinas and the intellectual life. There's much to recommend about this book, but in this particular podcast, I want to focus on just one important thread in the book, and indeed, that is a part of the life of the mind, and that is the word ecstasy. What does ecstasy have to do with restful learning and coming to know that which is true? Well, Sertolange does a, a marvelous job uh, bringing before our eyes this particular aspect of living the life of the mind. He writes that before we would be an educated person, we should first prepare within ourselves a zone of silence. Now, no one talks that way today. To become a student, to continue being a student, requires a zone of silence. But isn't that true? Those of you who are educators know this, that it's important that we learn how to quiet our students. And it's important that students learn how to find or make a place of study that is without distraction, that is quiet, that is tranquil. It disposes the mind to academic work, to, to thought and contemplation. Is there a zone of silence in your life? If you're a teacher, how are you doing at helping students 
to create a zone of silence in their own lives. James uh, Shaw, who writes the introduction to this book, makes a reference to how Sertolange is advocating for a kind of relaxed leisure when it comes to the life of the mind. So part of what it means to engage in scole is to learn how to dispose our minds to, as it were, create or craft a disposition of scole. Well, it is in the preface to the book that Sertolange introduces this idea of ecstasy as a prerequisite to living an educated life. You'll want to just hear him in his own words. So here's what he says. He says, The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, says Holy Writ. This filial fear is, at bottom, fear of self. In the intellectual sphere, we might call it attention freed from every inferior preoccupation and fidelity perpetually alive to the danger of falling away. An intellectual must always be ready to think, that is, to take in part of the truth conveyed to him by the universe and prepared for him at such and such a turning point by providence. The spirit passes and returns not. Happy the man who holds himself ready not to miss, nay, rather to bring about and to utilize the miraculous encounter. So, in other words, he's saying that an intellectual has to be ready to receive truth when it is coming, to be prepared at various points for the encounter that providence would bring us. Happy, he says again, happy the man who holds himself ready not to miss, but rather to bring about and to utilize the miraculous encounter. So perhaps this is the person who has prepared in himself a zone of silence, who is receptively ready for the truth that is about to visit him by the appointment of divine providence. But he goes on and he says, Every intellectual work begins by a moment of ecstasy. Now, I remember years ago when I first read that, I just had to put the book down for a moment. What did I just read? Every intellectual work begins by a moment of ecstasy. Well, as it turns out, I only had one or two connotations of the word ecstasy in my mind. And Sertolange is turning to the word in its most original sense, ekstasis. It means to be out of a place of stasis. And stasis, related to our word stationary, means to have your feet held fast, to be stationary, to be held at state. Well, ekstasis means to be delivered from one's ordinary foothold. It's similar to the Latin word expedite or expedition, which has a similar idea. A pedis means foot in Latin, and to have pes pedis, and to expedis means to have your feet free, to move, to go on an expedition. 
Well, back to Sertolange, and let me repeat him again. Every intellectual work begins by a moment of ecstasy. Only in the second place does the talent of arrangement, the technique of transitions, connection of ideas, construction come into play. Now, what is this ecstasy but a flight upwards, away from self, a forgetting to live our own poor life, in order that the object of our delight may live in our thought and in our hearts. I do remember reading this passage years ago and putting the book down and just thinking and thinking and thinking about this. Every intellectual work begins by a moment of ecstasy, and it's a flight upwards away from ourself of forgetting. Have you ever been so delighted by some object of your mind's desire and thought that you forgot yourself and you felt yourself, as it were, lifting upwards and, as it were, your soul was saying, I would have that. Perhaps you remember listening to a great lecture or talk or presentation or a or engage in a riveting conversation with a friend about something important, or listening to a great sermon, and time and space seem to dissipate, and you seem to be in another place, and you forgot yourself, so engaged in the truth of what was before your mind that, that you seem to begin to disappear. Well, Sir Delange is calling that a Ecstasis, a lifting up out of your ordinary life. And he says, that's the beginning of the life of a student. A student is not a student filled with studium, which means eagerness or fondness. A student is not a student until his soul has been captivated by something true, good, or beautiful that he longs for that allows him to forget himself and lifts him upwards and out. Out and upwards. So, ecstasy does have its place in the life of a student. And notice the Sertolange is saying, this is where it begins. There must be a zone of silence and there must be an encounter that is ecstatic. And how do we do this? Well, I don't know that there is a formula If for those of us who are teachers where we can just uh, decide that on Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. we will ensure that every one of our students has this ecstatic experience. But does it not at least involve us putting before students something that is true, good, or beautiful for their contemplation with the hope and prayer that their soul's eye would see it and long for it? And love it. There's a Latin phrase, I think it goes, uh, ubi oculus amores, where there is the eye, there is love. And this is what Aquinas is going to say in reference to contemplation, reflection, seeking the true, that love is going to be present in these ecstatic experiences, these intellectual ecstatic experiences. And that indeed is what Sertolange says as he is 
interacting with, engaging, Thomas Aquinas. He says, for St. Thomas, ecstasy is the child of love. It carries you out of yourself toward the object of your dreams. To love truth ardently enough to concentrate on it and so be transported into the universal, into what is, into the heart of abiding truths, is the attitude of contemplation and of fruitful production. One is then, in a sense, like the animal in the forest, concentrated, watchful, crouching with his eye on his prey, and the inner life is intense, but with a sense of distance as if one were moving among the stars. One feels at once delivered from all trammels and yet enchained, free and enslaved. One is fully oneself in surrendering to what is above self. One exults while forgetting self. It is a nirvana in which the intelligence is intensely happy and active. Ah, ecstasy is born out of love. Ecstasy is the child of love. So we can add to this idea of being lifting upwards and outwards and delighting in something, this important idea of loving that thing, loving something that is true, good, or beautiful. Now, I am a happy owner of a Hungarian Vishla that is about two years old. Anybody who knows me knows about this Vishla. We named him Basil after the whiskey and the saint because he is whiskey-colored, and there's a, a wonderful whiskey called, a wonderful bourbon called Basil Hayden. Okay, well, Basil is a hunter, and when he is out on the trail with us in the woods or around our yard, he is this crouching animal in the forest with his eye upon the prey, fully concentrated. When his ears are out and his eyes are fixed on a squirrel, every muscle taut, his tail up, front leg lifted, saying, there it is, because he's a pointer. I, I enjoy contemplating him as he contemplates a squirrel or bird or groundhog. I know that he has forgotten himself. He has become absorbed in the squirrel. It's almost as if he has become the squirrel in some sense. And Sir Delange is making the same point that we, when we are caught up with the love of something that we love, we're praying for it, as it were, P-R-E-Y. And we are free and happy, and yet we are enslaved Forgetting ourself while we are focused intently on some object. Just to quote him once again, one feels at once delivered from all trammels and yet enchained, free and enslaved. One is fully oneself in surrendering to what is above self. I think Basil, my dog, feels mostly himself when he has forgotten himself as he contemplates the squirrel. Well, Sertolange goes on in this text once again to discuss ecstasy and, of course, to bring in Aquinas. He says near the end of the book, a sense of altitude 
awes, but also thrills the soul of the worker, the intellectual worker. He is like the mountaineer amid rocks and glaciers. The world of ideas opens up scenes more sublime than those of the alpine landscape, and they fill him with rapture. And he quotes Aquinas here, who says, To see the order of the universe and the dispositions of divine providence is an eminently delightful activity. That's Aquinas. And then Sertolange says, According to the angelic doctor, that's Aquinas, contemplation begins in love and ends in joy. It begins in the love of the object and the love of knowledge as an act of life. It ends in the joy of ideal possession and of the ecstasy it causes. Well, this is a maxim worth memorizing. Contemplation begins in love and ends in joy. Well, do you see the relationship, therefore, of ecstasy and scolae? Now that we've redefined ecstasy as being delivered from one's foothold as we are delighting in some object that is beautiful, this, as, as Sertolange and Aquinas say, this is how we find ourself by becoming absorbed in something outside of ourself that is the true, good, and beautiful embedded in the real. And the real, of course, is that which comes from the finger of God himself. And so we are encountering God in his creation as we delight in some truth that we see. Because any truth that we come to encounter is to encounter the truth, who is the author of all that is true. And as Sertolange will say, therefore to encounter that which is eternal. And so when we are encountering eternal truths, there is something that is intensely delightful in the contemplation of these things, something that is at the same time a forgetting of self and a finding of self, and something that is in intense happiness while also being a kind of leisure, a kind of scolé. Well, I hope you can see that this tradition of ecstasy in the intellectual life and scolé are deeply reflected in the comments that we have looked at from the intellectual life. And some of you, no doubt, are thinking, I must have this book now. Well, I would encourage you in that thought, and I would encourage you to get this book. And so let me just describe it once more. It is a book called The Intellectual Life, Its Spirit, Conditions, and Methods. It was written in French and has been translated from the French by Mary Ryan in the edition that I'm having, that I'm holding in my hand right now, which is published by the Catholic University of America Press in Washington, D.C., is introduced by James Shaw, a great professor from Georgetown University. It's, let's see, the total page is about, about 250 pages, not too long, but you'll want to read it slowly, leisurely, in a disposition of scholae. Well, next time on this podcast, we will look again at Sertolange, at least one more time. We'll probably be looking at the way he describes study. 
he describes study as a prayer to the truth. Well, until next time, thanks for visiting with me and listening to this podcast. I hope you'll be with me next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.